and I persuade you to join us for a drink. It's a tradition. Here, here. Jaja, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pod? Well, it's uh, another day of Star Wars Celebration Online and uh, another recap that we have for you today. Uh, so join myself. I'm your host, Josh, and uh, we've got our co-host, Blake, in the Escape Pod. And welcome to Star Wars Escape Pod. So let's dive into the second day of uh, recapping what happened in the Star Wars Celebration. Let's get into it. Another happy landing. The Emperor would, would want to say is uh, something evil and terrible and inappropriate. So I probably shouldn't echo that. But um, I just, I just like, uh, I, I just, uh, you would, I honestly, you, you are terrible. You, are, you are all Siths in the making. But. I would remind you finally that I am all the Sith. Yes! <laughs> all right, it's another day of Star Wars celebration. And, uh, you know, we had so many appearances from uh, people at Lucasfilm, some of the actors, and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was great. All the, all the crazy announcements that we've had. I mean, it's been a, it's been one heck of a weekend. Let's kick things off with just a, a quick, uh, quick notice to all our listeners out there. Um, first off, uh, if you could share this show with a friend, drop five stars and leave us a great review, that would be fantastic. Uh, secondly, Obi-Wan Kenobi debuted last night on Disney+. Plus, and, uh, you know, we we're all stoked to finally see the first two parts of that show. Uh, but we won't be talking about it until next week. We're going to leave the whole weekend for celebration news only and uh, give everyone a chance to watch the show before diving headfirst into that uh, because uh, we have a lot to say on Obi-Wan Kenobi, of course, and uh, so do uh, a bunch of others of our crew. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I have to say on that. Uh, now, for celebration, uh, so many uh, guests that showed up. I'm just going to run through the list and we can kick things off with the first panel. But uh, we had uh, an appearance of Rahul Kohli, uh, Rob Bredo, uh, Chris, yeah. uh, Chris Connolly, Linwin Brennan, and uh, Rose, uh, is it Duigan? Dugnan. Dugnan? Yeah. Dugnan, I believe. ILM Vets, those are what they are. I worked with ILM way back in the day. Uh, Phil Tippett, Joe Johnson, and Dennis Mirren, also ILM Vets. Uh, Doug Ching, uh, the designer of just about everything in the, the prequels and uh, uh, and now beyond. Jason Fry and Leland Chi, Keeper of the Holocron. Ian McDermott, the Emperor himself. Uh, we had some reps from Disney Parks show up. Uh, there was a rep from Mattel Hot Wheels. Uh, there was, uh, and capping things off at the end of the day was, uh, Ron Howard, director of Solo. So, uh, lots of guests showing up and, uh, we had a slew of panels, including, uh, two really big announcements. So, uh, let's start off with Lego Star Wars. Um, did you catch yeah. any of this one? I did. I did catch some of this. It was a fun start of the day, uh, seeing, uh, 
Kidster get in on stage there and, and play <laughs> yeah. some Lego Star Wars. And then, you know, the uh, it, it was a trend a few years ago. It was coming back. Where's Kidster? Because there's no, there's no uh, uh, like, Lego character of Kidster. So you can't choose that while playing the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Anthony, uh, 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 what's his last name? You know, the host. Uh, he, uh, Carboni, is it? <laughs> I was going to say Daniels, so no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Anthony, he's, uh, you know, he's a big fan of Kidster. We've known this for, for quite a long time as he's yeah. been one was of the a, hosts. A few years ago, of the, it was Star the hashtag, Wars where's Kidster, right? Yeah, where's Kidster? I think uh, they started that whole thing at, at Star Wars Celebration. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just kind of funny to see, uh, you know, them kick things off with, uh, a whole ordeal around Kitster, and they brought in uh, Rahul Kohli, um, who's a, an actor uh, in his own respect. Uh, he's a big Star Wars fan, big gamer, and uh, you know he was happy to just uh, play the role of Kitster in a fan film that the Star Wars show um, hosts kind of came up with just uh, in their spare time. So, <laughs> yeah, did you get you got a glimpse of that? I saw that. Yeah, he just plays like a really incompetent. Like Jedi and whatnot, it like drops his lightsaber and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, <laughs> here's a little sound bite. Forgotten. Somehow, the Empire is worse. Well, I won't stand for it anymore. It's time for me to do my part. Welcome to the rebellion, Kista. Sorry. Um. What is this? This is a handshake, right? It's a handshake, yes. No, no, no. Like... I, I just stop moving. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, there was, it was just a, it was a funny little little stint that they did, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of a funny way to kick things off of the day. Uh, they, they had some fun playing uh, Lego Star Wars, which was, uh, which was great. They threw out a couple of copies of that. Um, and, yeah, uh, can you add being in the crowd, though, and just getting hit in the face with copies of Lego Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think there's too much better things to be hit in the face by. I mean, <laughs> I'd, much true. <laughs> I'd much rather be hit in the face with a free copy of Lego Star Wars than uh, just about <laughs> anything else. So <laughs> there is that. No uh, point. Uh, but yeah, a variety of executives from Lucasfilm Animation, uh, Leland Chi, uh, as well as a few people from the Lego group uh, uh, talked about uh, a new animated Lego Star Wars short that is coming out, uh, which is uh, called Summer Vacation. Uh, they also announced some new sets. Uh, they gave out uh, exclu nine exclusive Lego Star Wars printed Xbox Ones or, X or Xboxes in general. I, I don't know what model it was. Um, as well as everyone got a free beach ball with the uh, summer vacation logo on it. And nice. uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, I got, I got, again, I got some photos in the discord for, uh, for the Lego sets. They, they announced, they announced uh, BD one uh, from Jedi fallen order, uh, which they, looks really accurate. I'm very surprised. Yeah. So this one is in the same lineup of uh, sets similar to the Grogu, uh, the little R2D2, the BB eight, uh, they've done a few of these kind of uh, more stylized in, in the UCS form. Um, so this BD yeah, one. Yeah, that being of, said, the other ones maybe they just don't translate to Lego as well because they're right. I guess they're more round and well, they're not organic. to scale. Like they're, they're they're not to scale. Whereas this BD one set, it looks like it could be to scale. It could be. Yeah, it looks like it. 
which is fantastic. So, you know, it is super um, cool. I might have to snag this one. I normally don't buy those kind of sets, but right. this one actually catches my eye. Yeah, this one's really neat because it's actually kind of looks like, you know, it's to scale, right? I mean, they can't go wrong with that. Um, they announced an Andor set called Ambush on Ferrix. Now, this is kind of a little tease drop for a new planet. Uh, we haven't heard of a planet named Ferrix before. Uh, and it, it was the Lego panel of all things that actually name dropped this new planet that uh, we catch a glimpse in on uh, uh, the Andor trailer uh, when those big shuttles kind of pull in that look like an Imperial yeah. version of a lat gunship. So, like a laddie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a pretty cool set as well. And uh, finally, uh, they revealed the uh, exclusive. Uh, I'm assuming you'll get this guy on the 24th of December when everyone opens up their Lego Star Wars advent calendar. You'll get uh, a vacation Vader uh, in his uh, flippers and his uh, uh, sunsetting tank top uh, <laughs> just on the beach with a, a shovel and a beach ball. And uh, it's supposed and to tie in. Yeah, in a bucket. Yeah, in a, a sand castle, uh, which happens to be his castle made out of sand. Uh, and uh, yeah. it's, it's quite funny, actually. It's quite funny. So uh, you can look for Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation uh, coming out later this year on Disney Plus. August 5th, uh, the story takes place post episode nine. And um, um, I'm, uh, I, I, I don't know. Did you enjoy the other two Lego Star Wars shorts that came out? I remember the Halloween one. But I can't yeah. remember what the other one was. So the was other it, it was terrifying, terrifying tales, and then uh, yeah, it's and the then, Halloween special. Yeah, the other one was the hol- the Lego Star Wars holiday special. Okay, I think I, I'm, I think I only saw the Halloween one. Okay, all right. So and I actually did enjoy it. I'm not sure if those ones took place post episode nine or not though yeah so they've kind of all done that they they've sort of well actually that's not true uh um i guess i guess uh this is the first one to take place post episode nine i think okay so Uh, the other two were probably out before nine was maybe maybe the holiday special actually could be post episode nine as well but um i know kylo ren was in the um uh the last one right the terrifying tales uh one Mm -hmm. but but uh, you know, I, yeah, that, I don't know. I mean, again, these aren't canon, so it doesn't really matter, but, um, the idea, they're not, <laughs> they're not, no, uh, sorry to burst your bubble. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, they're just my using, canon. They're, they're using the, uh, the, the premise that the, ep- the events of episode nine have, uh, uh, caused Ray, Poe and Finn to desire a, a much long needed vacation from their time right. working with the resistance. So, uh, that's what, uh, summer vacation is all about. <laughs> So yeah, it should be it should be funny. How does Vader get there? I have no idea, honestly. Uh, maybe it's just in the spirit of the theme, I guess. Who knows? Uh, Flashback. <laughs> yeah, we got some appearances. Vader helps at the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We got some appearances of new droids in Lucasfilm's lineup. If anyone's been following Lucasfilm social media for years, uh, you'll know that everything from Rebels Recon all the way through to the Star Wars show and beyond, uh, we've seen live action. Uh, adaptions and full robot builds of some of the the droids that we've seen in the films. Uh, we've seen a live action full size chopper, um, R two D two, and of course Anthony Daniels has played C three PO before, even on stage at the Oscars. Um, you know a variety of others, and finally, uh, uh, oh, a BB eight as well. Uh, and uh, now a new one has been added to the collection. Um, this uh, this guy's name is Gil. He's an RX series Star Tours model droid. 
and uh, he came out as uh, a, a, as a cam droid. He was holding a camera and he filmed some of the audience and uh, they just, you know, it's a total kind of fun sort of PR thing. Uh, but that's pretty cool. It was pretty I neat. believe that's yeah. is that not the the Rex droid from the original Star Tours from like 1980? Yeah, the RX series. So so the RX series is is the st- original Star Tours um, droid model. And speaking of which, they actually did bring out the designer of that particular droid today uh, during one of the Disney panels. Um, and uh, it, they, he spoke about about designing the, the RX series droid. But it, it's funny how things work out because, you know, he didn't know at all that that his design would ever make it into a show like the book of Boba Fett. But now that we've seen this yeah. droid recycle Clone Wars in, as well, uh, rebels, it was, he was piloting was the, the star Wars, the star tours bus, you know, the, the cruise line <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they have to go to, from one planet to the other, they actually hop aboard uh, a, uh, a star yeah. tours ship. So that's funny. Yeah, yeah. That's a good cameo. Yeah. So it's so cool to see uh, them build, you know, more of these robots, make them real and uh, bring them to life. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, very, very cool stuff. Um, that that sums up uh, all the uh, the beginning of the day. Uh, for the most part, uh, Rob uh, Bedro came out and uh, he tossed out some 2020 celebration shirts. Now, this kind of blew my mind a little bit and I'm super jealous to anyone who managed to snag one of those because I think he only tossed out like two or three to the crowd or something. Um, okay. but he found, um, he came out, um, spoke about ILM, his time in VFX and stuff. And, uh, you know, what an interesting thing to hear about. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, 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 he found these 2020 Anaheim celebration shirts now because celebration 2022 was supposed to be 2020, um, they had already made some shirts and paraphernalia in regards mm-hmm. to that year. And then when it got delayed because of COVID, I guess they just had all this stuff lying around. So these things are very rare and very limited. And, um, and uh, no, he managed man. to just gonna go up in price then. Yeah, they're, they're going to skyrocket. So whoever managed to snag one of those, uh, you know, uh, lucky people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, eh? Especially just a few. Well, Rob Bradow was actually the VFX supervisor for uh, Solo. Right. Um, he said that he took a whole bunch of photos. He released a book, uh, behind the scenes book of kind of documenting the process of, uh, of creating the film. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people seem to like that in the audience. They, uh, they really appreciated the look because I feel like we were talking about this in the deleted scenes episodes for the prequels and the originals and then the, uh, the sequels. Uh, and speaking of the sequels and, and just how, undocumented they were in, as far as like behind the scenes material goes, uh, aside from the kind of pre-release PR stuff that they did for force awakens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aside, aside from that, the behind the scenes stuff is really like kind of non-existent. So, um, it's, is, yeah, it's really strange. And yeah, you, I think what you're getting at and is correct. And that's that solo was really an outlier in that. And I think it might be entirely just because Rob decided he wanted to do that. Yes, exactly. Um, so I, I noted down here that, that Rob has kind of a good idea in mind, uh, being one of the privileged few that has the permission to do that, uh, taking pictures and documenting that process mm-hmm. is really, it's not always something that people think of doing a, such a crazy job um, because you're always just on to the next thing in the day, which, you know, the day is so packed full of stuff. So, you know, I can imagine it just gets lost in the, in the uh, process of number one priority is making the movie. 
Um, yeah, for but sure. Documenting it is so important. And, and these Mandalorian book of Boba Fett, uh, Disney gallery series, I've really been appreciating those a lot as well because they kind of give us that highlight, uh, for behind the scenes. And, and I think Rob had a great idea when it came to documenting the process for the visual effects side of things, taking photos, uh, and then putting it in a book later for people to actually, uh, comb through and, and kind of pick out things. And, uh, you know, you, you catch little glimpses of things that you wouldn't normally catch uh, just by looking at a processed, organized, behind the scenes sort of ordeal, right? I mean, you might catch screen, you know, pictures of uh, unfinished or or maybe uh, alternate versions of uh, models or animations or concept artwork that wasn't used or whatever. Like, who knows, right? Like, you know, you catch more stuff in a book like this than you would um, in a uh, kind of more streamlined uh, thing that, that you would get these days with films. So uh, such a great, yeah, for great sure. yeah. I wonder if part of the issue is they're just so paranoid about leaks that just, they don't want to let anyone take photos. And in this case, because it was the guy who was running the show essentially yeah. for visual effects that they're like, well, if he handles it by himself, I think we could trust it. Yeah. He's got the permission, um, you know, and, and I think people that high up on the food chain, they do have permission to do that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to see someone with that ability to, to take advantage of, of that, uh, really kind of, uh, get some fruition out of it, you know, cause, um, he's really one of the very few people that, that, uh, um, is enabled to, to provide that kind of content. So, uh, you know, applause to Rob for thinking of thinking ahead in that regards. <laughs> Yeah. And hopefully setting a trend. I'd love to see if this starts to happen more, maybe with the uh, Mandalorian moving forward or something. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so we had another uh, droid make its live action kind of debut along with the uh, RX droid Gil. Uh, we had uh, a full build of BD-1 from Jedi Fallen Order come out. And, uh, oh, yeah, I saw that. that was, uh, was that a toy? There wasn't a toy. It was it was just a full on replica robot to add to that whole fleet of live action builds for the for the droids that Lucasfilm has going on. So that's uh, super cool because I, I wasn't sure how they were gonna pull off BD One because in the game he is very flexible and fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he walked around. I think his head was just kind of rotating a little bit. But um, but he delivered us all a very crazy announcement. Uh, so let's take a quick <laughs> listen at the new trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor.
And that is coming 2023. Uh, you know, I was not expecting to see a trailer for this yet at, at all. Uh, so no, yeah. and I got to tell you, it was great timing because I just finished the first game. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> such great timing. Uh, you know, it's, so what are your initial thoughts on this trailer? I think it looks pretty cool. You can see that the the Grand Inquisitor is now on his trail. So he's he's moved up the ranking as far as Jedi the to kill list. I don't think if you want my thoughts on it, I don't actually think that's the Grand Inquisitor at all. Because you think so? No, because we've read like we've read the 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 Dark Lord of the Sith comic books, and he's got the face paint and the suit and all that stuff before this game takes place. And this game takes place uh, five or six years after that comic book series, and about five years before Obi Wan Kenobi. So. It's a weird place. That, that might be a, a switcheroo. Like I think trying to do people. There's a, there's a bunch of uh, kind of, you know, in the Twitter sphere, there's a bunch of people thinking this is just a, an imperial senator of some kind who's maybe in favor of of uh, of the emperor or hunting Jedi or something like that. It very well could be the Grand Inquisitor. Um, I just it's a bit curious that he doesn't have the yellow eyes and the face paint going on yeah i i did just notice that we're just like under and the, you we should see the black triangles under his eyes at least yeah because he's, he's got the, those red the, streaks and everything rex, and rex red marks on his forehead right yeah the fingernails were also kind of a giveaway too and he's not wearing his typical inquisitor suit he's wearing this big collar around his neck with a giant robe and um it is a very menacing alien species, so if we're going to get any kind of villain, uh, it is a great alien race to go with uh, for kind of this. Uh, Uda Powen. Yeah. Um, what's their? Uh, yeah. Is it a, a, a pawn or something I, like that? I, I thought it was. Pa- I thought it was just Powen. Powen. Yeah. Powen. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like, it, it, it could be Grand Inquisitor. It might not be. Uh, I'm looking forward to finding out exactly what that's all about. We saw Cal Kestis fight an Inquisitor. Uh, do you have any ideas of who that Inquisitor is? No, I really don't. I, mean, I, I couldn't figure it out either. I, I was watching. I was like, dang, that's like really cloaked and hooded. And I, I don't know who that is, but, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll come to light eventually. Uh, yeah, a lot of hidden stuff. I got to tell you, I'm most curious to figure out who the crap is in the back to tank. Yeah, I mean, lots of people stirring about the back to tank guy. Uh, some people are hyped that maybe it might be Starkiller. Um, I, I have my doubts, um, but uh, our EU... Pers- I feel pers- like every time there's someone in this, that like gap of time, everyone just jumps in and be Starkiller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exact same thing with Rebels. Dude, 100%. Um, our, our EU uh, specialist on the crew, uh, Bryce, uh, gave his word on the matter, and uh, he believes that uh, it's actually um, uh, a very specific character out of uh the uh sorry what what, what's the comic book series again um the dark times uh comic book series um and his first appearance was in the republic comic book series his name is das janir uh and he's a human male jedi master who served as a general during the clone wars survived order 66 during the clone wars he was stationed on New Plimpto, leading the Galactic Republic's war effort against the Separatists. Uh, several months into the campaign, uh, Jinir's clone troopers executed Order 66, declaring all Jedi enemies of the Republic and attempted to kill him. Uh, he ev- evaded them all and eventually finding refuge uh, among the Nasarians that he'd been fighting against. 
Um, so it was, it's kind of an interesting story. And, uh, he, he does in fact have long blonde white ish hair. Uh, he's a, Mm -hmm. he's a great example of an EU character that they could bring into the canon, uh, based on the, uh, timeline of events in which he was in fact alive, uh, before the, the Disney era, uh, in the dark horse comics. Uh, this is a character that has been, uh, has been around for, uh, some time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he uh, looks like an elf from Lord of the Rings. He does kind of, yeah, there's, uh, there's certainly, uh, you know, something about this character that, that sort of, uh, you know, kind of reminds me of a, of a Dooku ish character, but more of like a, like a Jedi version. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if it is him, that that's pretty sweet. Uh, it would definitely make, sense uh you know and and bringing a character like that into canon it it, it's not foreign i mean we've seen it with thrawn uh we've seen it with a variety of other characters so uh i think it would be pretty cool would be cool um one thing i want to mention though that i took note of is it looks like his arm has actually been cut off yeah yeah maybe maybe there's going to be some added story to that part. I mean, you know, there's, he's obviously in a back to tank. So, uh, something definitely happened to him at some point. It almost looks like he's been in that back to tank for like way too long because it's in a room shrouded with like plants and stuff. So it's like, it's overgrown itself and, and kind of become, uh, you know, this, this, this thing that he was lost to in a way, uh, forgotten about, you know, almost in a back to tank that people, someone, forgot to take him out of or something like that <laughs> so maybe the back has kept him alive and he's actually from before he's been in there since maybe before the the empire took over and so you yeah. wake up and have no idea what happened yeah kind of yeah exactly yeah that, that would be a really interesting uh storyline for sure uh so yeah looking forward to that jedi survivor everyone uh the sequel to jedi fallen order and it's coming out next year exclusively on pc and next gen consoles so uh, make sure you either get a PC, a PS5, or the newest Xbox on the shelf. Um, Series X? That Series one X. I guess that would be it. Yeah. Uh, Their the names are so convoluted. <laughs> yeah, I know. I They're know. Streamlined. I'm, I'm just like, I mean, I'm in the PC category of, of gamers. So, uh, you know, I really look back at, in the rearview mirror at any specs for next gen consoles. But uh, you know, sometimes there is the odd game that comes out on a console exclusively and you're like, ah, shucks. <laughs> yeah. We'll wait long but, enough. Yeah. Wait long enough Since, though. It'll, it'll pop on PC eventually, but yeah, exactly. It'll come around. Yeah. Um, okay. So a uh, celebration of 20 years of attack of the clones hosted by Ashley Eckstein. Uh, she gave us a, a great panel. Um, they showed a, that was quick- a great panel. Yeah. That was so a lot good. of fun. Yeah. We got uh, a oh, video man, I, from George. Yep. That's right. Yeah, he, he so short though. I thought it was gonna be longer than that. Yeah, it was like, like it was like forty yeah. seconds. It was like saying I, not even. <laughs> yeah, it's been forty years. This uh, it changed the the filmic industry to use digital. They thought it was crazy. Now they all do it. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. thanks for coming. Yeah, and then he's <laughs> like, "That was it." I'm sorry, I couldn't be there. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like George, you didn't want to be here, man. Like, <laughs> no, there's no way. Yeah, it's like such a trek for him to make it out of something like that. And, you know, 
uh, it's like <laughs> he's got better things to do. So yeah, uh, fair you know, we, we all love seeing George and as it was good of him to send a video. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was great to see all the, all the, all the guests that they had on. Uh, they had, uh, you know I would do if I was George, was that I would just film the next like five videos for the next five celebrations all at once and then just send them all and then you just keep using them as they come out well you totally should do that because he doesn't know how how long he's going to be alive i mean i mean it's a it's a crazy thought to think about but he's not going to be alive forever um i mean like the reason why he didn't make the sequels himself was because he didn't know if he'd be around to finish it so there's that um fair enough uh, we had Anthony Daniels, Doug Chang, Tamara Morrison, Daniel Logan, John Knoll, and Matthew Wood all as uh, guests. Ewan and Hayden uh, came out as a nice uh, uh, surprise bonus, bonus yeah, uh, like a quarter way into the panel. And uh, uh, he met Ashley Eckstein for the first time, uh, Hayden Christensen. And uh, she had a uh, she had a nice little line. She she said, uh, nice to meet you, Sky Guy. Um, people went Yeah, I wonder if he had any idea what she was talking about. Well, I mean, he's now at this point seen the Clone Wars. So unless he hasn't seen it in its entirety, I, I'd be surprised if he uh, didn't know what he was, if what she was talking about, because uh, he brushed up on his role for, for Darth Vader quite well, apparently, uh, prior to the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. When he decided to do that, do you think he realized there was a 50 hours of Clone Wars? <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he did say yesterday that he was a fan of Clone Wars now after going through it. So. Uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I mean, he, the guy lives on a farm, uh, like <laughs> I can't, I, I can imagine him yeah. having the time to, uh, you know, slowly make his way through over the last yeah, couple of years. Watching it. We're going around and around on the tractor. Yeah. 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 What would have, you know, anything, anything is so funny because I've noticed just, just on the, the internet, social media and stuff. Uh, I know Ewan is kind of the, the star of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but the hype for Hayden's return is just so real. I mean, like people are going absolutely nuts that he's back and I'm so excited. It's crazy. It as well. uh, it's almost over. I don't want to say it's overshadowing Ewan's return as Obi-Wan, but it, it's like, it, it kind of almost is like, it's like, Oh, did you, uh, did you see Obi-Wan Kenobi? Hayden's back is Darth Vader. <laughs> it's crazy. I wonder part of it is almost because, I felt like the door was more closed on Hayden than it wasn't Ewan. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, you know, because we did we did know that Ewan did do a quick voice line for Force Awakens um, on, uh, you know, uh, in that little Maz Kanata castle scene. Yeah, um, but like that, as well as just the fact that I felt like the f- when the prequels came out, the f- there, I felt like there's fan backlash to Hayden's character. Yeah, so I yeah. don't know if he enjoyed being uh, a part of the uh, the creation of the film as much. Like maybe he'd want to distance himself. Oh, I, he did. I think that's that's exactly what happened to Natalie Portman as well. Yeah, and he did distance himself, and and uh, you know, there's been a few articles kind of trying to make sense of the timeline of events, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I I think he he also recognizes the fact that there was a lot of criticism, but. Uh, it, it's, you know, the generation of this was, this was, uh, you and even said this, I think at one point, but he said like those movies came out in an age in which social media just wasn't really present enough to, uh, have the fans that were positively outspoken about those films, uh, you know, such as myself. I mean, they're, they're my favorite star Wars movies of, of the series. And, 
uh, you know, it just wasn't recognized, right, by, by yeah. people. Yeah, and let's be honest, a big part of it is the kids of our generation who grew up with it are now adults. Yeah. And so they have a very different perspective than the adults who are actually criticizing those films at the time. Right, exactly, yeah. So so it's almost like a renaissance for, for the, the prequels in a way. And Hayden's finally getting the much-needed public uh deserving of of his uh you know um his love his much needed love and respect for for playing that character Mm. playing that part taking on the pressure of of such a huge role right Um, oh yeah and the the talent that he he uh, committed to it yeah yeah for sure um so you know there's just it just when i kicked off the episode yesterday um you know playing that clip of him just saying this is where the fun began <laughs> and the, the crowd yeah. man is like ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah it's like a sports game touchdown yeah it's like people were like you know cheering as if as if their home team just won the 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 super bowl <laughs> yeah so like last time I went to a Star Wars event, people were booing at me. What happened? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's so good to see, and and uh, I think sometimes, I think sometimes, hearing him uh, at the very end of when he spoke about George and his influence um, through his career and stuff, you could tell he was getting a bit emotional. And uh, I just, I just thought to myself, man, he's even though he's kind of put all the criticism behind him at this point, he's been uh, so willing to return to the character and the story. Uh, it's just, um, it's just so uh, uh, surreal almost to see him back. And uh, it's, it's such a special thing. And uh, you know, it's so great to see them both back, but you know, Hayden being the the victim of, of so much criticism uh, it's, it's so good to see him kind of just make his return. So Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I hope they start doing more with yep. him stuff. I don't know if the if they did a, a de-aged series, like a, a short series of just like Anakin and Obi Wan together. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oh, that would like, be awesome. Like uh, prior to uh, attack, attack of the Clones or somewhere there around. That would be fantastic. I mean, I'm always down for more <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah. So great panel, and uh, then we. I, I would actually say in that panel, my f- my favorite part was probably Tamir Morrison and Daniel Logan. Dude, they have such a great bond, don't they? I mean, they uh, do. You know, man, it's so son. funny. Their stories so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't realize Daniel Logan was basically like an orphan. Yeah, yeah. He uh, <clears throat> well, I remember him sharing a story. Um, on I think it was behind the scenes of Attack of the Clones or 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 something else maybe another celebration, uh, but the first day he he mentioned it again today in the panel he said the first day of shooting uh, when they were on set together they they met each other and and uh, I think it was Tamora Morrison or, or something he he came up to Daniel and he's like all right now going forward I'll call you son you call me dad. <laughs> and that, yeah and he didn't have that. an actual dad and so he really spoke to how that actually like really impacted him as yeah. a person yeah yeah for sure and it's it's so uh special to hear all that i think people people absolutely loved hearing them talk and uh oh, man like yeah. it's it's not directly star wars related but i gotta share it because the story was so funny go for it where uh i guess daniel logan and the uh his siblings 
I guess they were they were told by their mother that if anyone ever calls and and says it's it's their dad, they're supposed to just hang up right away. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so Tamara Morrison called. Is it and so he goes, Daniel there? It's his dad. And so uh, <laughs> Daniel Logan's sisters immediately hung up the phone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like what are the chances of that? Man? Like yeah. it's just yeah. too funny. So he called back again. He's like, no, I'm a Star Wars dad. And like oh, and like and they found Tamara Morrison, and he's super famous in New Zealand, right? Yeah. So that's like a, yeah, a, a big of, everyone's star. excited and like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Daniel like Logan. Hung up, uh, <laughs> hung up on like their, their star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Daniel Logan uh, shared that he actually didn't even know any of the other actors at the time. He uh, only knew Tamara Morrison, like from that's crazy, by right? name, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it is far away from North America, uh, New Zealand. And obviously they've, they've got quite a different way of living over there. But uh, the media is also, you know, they've got their own version of of cinema and uh you know their own kind of stars over there that that are obviously more recognizable than uh than our westernized hollywood uh cinema atmosphere but uh you know it's just so uh it's just such a funny it was, it was so cool you know seeing seeing all those uh all those guys like talk about their stories and uh you know what a great way to celebrate uh 20 years of attack of the clones so good man and we we also got we didn't need to spend too much time on it, but I also uh, just seeing a lot of the breakdown of the the transition between practical and digital effects between John Knoll and Matt Wood and everything. Well, I thought was super cool. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. If anyone uh, out there um, has any interest in seeing this panel, uh, I know retroactively Lucasfilm has been uh, snipping these out of the eight hour long uh, live stream video that you can find them in. And they've been putting them as individual segment videos on their YouTube channel. So uh, they've also been doing this for panels that aren't uh, in the live stream that they've uh, somehow missed. Uh, so yesterday, when we had the kickoff uh, first day of celebration, there was a Lucasfilm showcase that was not actually live streamed uh, because the stream started at 1230. Uh, but that was actually the first panel on the calendar. And I remember us telling everyone in the celebration uh, kickoff or the, uh, uh, the celebration. No, before you go, uh, no, before you go. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be happening at, I think it was 1130 or 12 or whatever. And then when they announced the live stream would be at 1230, I was like, Oh shoot, we've, uh, you know, totally, you know, my bad. <laughs> so, yeah. but it, it's actually, it was actually a thing like, like you could go in person, but now they've released that panel on a separate video on YouTube. So I don't really know why, why they didn't just do the live stream with that first. I guess they just wanted to just go weren't set up maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Right. Yeah. I have no idea, but, um, but yeah, there are some panels that they will be revealing, uh, videos in the coming days, in the coming weeks, uh, that will be highlighting those, uh, things that we might not have caught a glimpse of in the, uh, the live stream and the stuff that we did in the live stream, you will be able to watch it in its own video eventually. Uh, otherwise, uh, it is in the live stream eight hour video. You can just scope right through and find where you want to go. Um, so the next thing that, uh, came up was, uh, was an interesting, uh, highlight of the day. Uh, a new animated series was announced called Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, which is a children's show taking place in the High Republic. Um, and it's all about learning life lessons with Yoda. Good values overall. Uh, just a fun show launching spring 2023, of course, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this, I feel like, is kind of geared for that same age group as maybe Resistance uh, or yeah. um, maybe the same age group as that new 
skeleton crew show that they announced skeleton yesterday. Crew. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like a much younger audience. Um, but yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this? It's not every day we get an announcement for a new animated Star Wars series. <laughs> that is true. I'm I'm most curious about the fact that this is gonna be the first like non like comic slash novel um like uh sort of like series at all that we're gonna get out of the higher public yeah so i'm really curious how, like what we're gonna see visually and see i guess how it compares to the prequels mm-hmm. well this is something we talked about yesterday with all the slew of high republic content that they announced for the novels and comics so and such. many things so yeah. many things yeah and the art played a huge part of that there was so many pieces of concept art that they released and and i feel like in them paying these these artists to actually come up with the designs for these things it's building that foundation for the the later content that they will come up with which is things like the animated show things like the acolyte uh, more, yeah. more and, films and planting and stuff. seeds of characters and stuff too. Yeah, for sure. Like building that, that, that groundwork for, uh, this, th- this era of time that they really have, uh, nothing to build on top of. Uh, so, you know, it's such a smart idea to, to do all that stuff. So I feel like this animated show is really going to benefit from all that visual reference already. I hope we see a side story where there's a secret romance, but between Yoda and Yaddle. Yeah, Yaddle. That's right. Yeah, I guess Yoda, Yaddle could be around. Yaddle be around. Um, you're a big Kotor fan. Uh, Kotor two is yeah. You're you're a big Kotor fan. Nice the older public. Uh, two is coming to Switch with a DLC package called Restored Content. What are your thoughts yes, on this? So, uh, I'm glad that if they're gonna do it, I'm really glad they did it with the. Uh, it was originally called the cutting room floor mod, which is this restored content. It's, it's it was taking all of the original uh, completed products of what they wanted for the game that they just ran out of time, and weren't able to finish, so it got cut. It's it was it's finishing that and then putting it into the rest of the game because the, originally the game as released ended very abruptly and there was a lot of stuff missing, right? So because yeah. a lot more con context. I will say the one thing that I'm disappointed about this is it's the original graphics. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, they're good because they're, they're redoing KOTOR. Yeah. For upgraded. PlayStation 5. Yeah, they're they're doing you know, next gen yeah. graphics. So then why are they doing KOTOR 2 with 2004 graphics? I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I think the original KOTOR, they did say it was a remake. So or not a remaster or a uh enhanced hd version like they they kind of said it's it's being remade so and it is like i guess from the ground up so i guess they'll have to re-record everything all the audio uh everything just from the ground up it's just basically trying to duplicate the duplicate the game on a next-gen console system architecture um but yeah i i guess they will eventually have to do the same thing if they they get around to doing kotor 2 but it is cool to see that they're actually doing this with a dlc package as such to finish the game because like you say Uh, And many times we talked about this game before where you've mentioned how bummed everyone was when that game came out and so much was cut because they just didn't have the time. It makes such a difference to the story because if anyone has played the original KOTOR, they know that the story has a twist and I believe the cutting room, like what got cut was actually like the twist part of the game. So the the story was a little bit bland without it. Some of our younger listeners might uh, not actually um, know about you know, PC gaming back in the day, uh, as to what it was like. I mean, DLC just wasn't a thing. I mean, uh, you know, you couldn't, 
when a game came out on PC. It was it was, it was rare. rare, yeah. It was rare and for it, sure. Um, DLCs, you have to buy a new disc. They would actually release it as essentially a second game. You have to go out and buy it. Yeah, yeah, and and so it was very less accessible. It's not like it would have just. It's not like Steam, uh, where it's very streamlined. Uh, a DLC, if you buy the deluxe edition, it all just automatically downloads, and boom, the game is now updated with the new content, ready to go. You know, that's just like a dream mm-hmm. come true for anyone who was PC gaming back in two thousand five or earlier and uh you know it's just uh it's just such a different world back then for for people like uh people like us buying the pcc to roms but uh yeah hence the reason why the game just wasn't finished on time and they just had to make the choice to cut a lot of they stuff to cut it yeah so. you, they couldn't really fix that at that point yeah. so i will say i guess the the negative effect of that is now so many games are released with countless bugs yeah 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 that's that's also true now now games because of the luxury of having to fix it later uh now games are being released too early uh which yeah um lego star wars the skywalker saga is a great example of a game that did it right uh and i know there was still some bugs that people noticed and you know overall uh you, you know never a game's never 100 percent perfect out the door because of the complexity these days of, of just how much goes on in a game, uh, it's hard to do. But the extra time that they gave, which was a whole year, really benefited that game a lot. I mean, like, we've had a great time playing that game. Um, oh, and- man. Yeah. And so they did such a good job. And the fact there's all nine movies, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, and no awesome. extra content. They do Mandalorian uh, DLC. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, lots of new character packs. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's great to see them just keep adding uh, things to this game. So. Uh, there you have it. Um, uh, we got uh, some more information about Disney Parks, and uh, they had a Star Wars panel that was kind of geared towards uh, Galaxy's Edge, Galactic Star Cruiser, Star Tours, etc., hosted by Amy Ratcliffe. I didn't realize that there was uh, a Star Wars-based band called Halix. Uh, way back in yeah, the day. Yeah, I didn't know that either. It was kind of interesting news. Um, so yeah, uh, Star Wars band Halix, look it up on Google, everyone. Uh, it it kind of blew my mind. They don't even that. look like Star Wars characters, though. <laughs> no, they don't. It's just that classic, like, the universe was, like, not fleshed out at all, kind of, you know, it, it, similar to the how the visual aesthetic appears in the holiday special. Like, it's almost like they just had no idea what Star Wars was when they made Halix, but uh, it, it's quite funny to see. Uh, I love the Wookiee in the background. It's the only character yeah. I can receive recognizable as something. Totally. And that Wookiee looks amazing. Oh, man. They revealed some interesting uh, some interesting information about uh, a variety of the, the rides and everything. And I, I, I'm, surprisingly enough, the, the Disney panels were, were quite long and uh, t- to some people... Uh, not the most interesting because, you know, we just want to experience it for ourselves at some point and uh, don't really care to hear the whole marketing pitch. But uh, there were some interesting details that I did jot down, which I'm just going to spew off here and then we can talk about it. Um, first was uh, the fact that the complexity of storylines aboard the Halcyon, absolutely insane. They they showed a, a picture of 15 percent of a chart of options for someone's storyline and the the ways that if you make this choice or that choice it goes to this or that option and it's just this like never-ending web of potential story threads for someone who was uh, maybe reading like a choose your own adventure book uh, instead of a oh go to page 
37 or go to page 67 for that choice, right? It's like way beyond the complexity of that. Um, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, and uh, it just blew my mind just how complex these storylines really are. If you choose to follow any of these storylines aboard the Halcyon Legacy, uh, they have definitely put a lot of work into the stories there. So I can kind of see where that price comes into play, which has always been a controversial thing. Uh, but yeah, for sure. uh, I do have to give them admiration on the fact that their storylines, uh, eight here, uh, you know, fantastic complexity, webbing all these things together and building a, a, a storyline that everyone's connected to by the end of the journey. So, uh, that, that part right there was fantastic. Uh, and something that my wife was really quick to point out is that they're doing a honeymoon giveaway. So you could actually uh, apply for that and possibly win a free honeymoon aboard the, the Halcyon. Oh, there you go. Yeah, everyone's going <laughs> to be applying for that. Uh, they re revealed a uh, new addition to Galaxy's Edge, which uh, is, I've, I think it's, I believe it's called the Bounty Hunters Guild. Um, Disney is launching a new magic band lineup called surprise, surprise magic band plus, uh, it's basically a magic band with a screen on it that has interactive, uh, connectivity to the park in, ver uh, in a variety of ways, uh, with the new expansion oh. to galaxy's edge, you will be, be able to use it as a bounty tracking fob for, uh, locating, bounties and then you'll be able to use your phone similar to mandalorian yeah where you uh, see they have the, the blinking light exactly in the yeah. first episode exactly that and you'll be able to use the disney experience app on your phone as your personal data pad to thermal read through doorways and stuff i assume it'll use ar technology to apply these effects to your experience uh and it'll just make these uh side storylines for people experiencing galaxy's edge a lot more complex as well if you take on the role of a bounty hunter while you're in the park so that right there is pretty cool uh, Boba and mm, Fennec will this... now be present in the park as well as Mando oh, nice. and Grogu. That's pretty cool. Yeah. This sounds like it's going to be similar to the wands and stuff you can buy at Harry Potter land. Yeah, it, it, it kind of does uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, that being said, um, I feel like it's worth noting the fact that they're diving into this bounty hunting territory is, uh, is cool because we've always been told that the events of that park take place between episode eight and nine. Like we've been told by, by Disney this countless times that the story events in that park are very specific. So it's cool to see that they're kind of broadening their spectrum a little bit. Um, to me, it doesn't really matter whether or not those characters are, are around or, or make sense to be in that time frame. Uh, what matters is it's cool to see other characters show up in that park. Uh, I know we've always been wondering when are they going to expand their reach to do other timelines uh you know change yeah. it change it season by season kind of thing but um so yeah it's cool to see them kind of widen the spectrum a bit we're getting there we're getting there one character at a time yeah and uh that pretty much sums up oh sorry one more thing disney parks revealed there's over 50 routes with the star tours ride so if anyone's a big fan of star tours um, apparently there's 50 combinations in which the, the order of planets you can go to. I had no idea that there was that many. Yeah. Cause when you, myself and the rest of us who went to celebration went on star tours, we got the same one two or three times. In a yeah. Row. And that's what Anthony was saying when he was talking to the Disney guys about it. And I guess he's just got bad luck. I don't know how often the rotation changes, but apparently like their claim was that there's over 50 unique strings and maybe not 50 planets right. but but 50 combinations of multiple planets in a certain order so okay 
so yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. Like to know that it could be different, you know, one day after the next, maybe not different five minutes after five minutes at a time, but, uh, you know, different in the sense of like, Oh, you go Monday, it'll be this okay. Tuesday. It'll be very different kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. okay. Maybe, so maybe it's just like a, it's not generated at the beginning of each launch. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, that would make sense. Yeah. So, um, here's another thing that came up, uh, the galactic or the essential star Wars Atlas. Uh, this is a, a book that I've had for a little while. Um, and, uh, they revealed Leland Chi and Jason Fry, they revealed an updated and expanded, uh, map galactic map of the star Wars galaxy. This is kind of big news because this hasn't been done for a while. And a lot of star Wars stories have come out with new planets that have not been on the, the map of space. So I just wanted to throw that out there that there's now an updated map with all the new planets from bad batch all the way through Mandalorian, all that stuff has now been canonized in the Atlas. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. Getting fleshed out. Yeah. Cause I'm wondering now at this point, how crowded is the galaxy map? Cause I recall it's it being so pretty, crowded, <laughs> pretty crowded before. Yeah. It was crowded before it's even more crowded now. Uh, and they actually gave away copies of this galactic map, uh, to every, you know, to add a specific booth in person, uh, to everyone that was there. So that was pretty cool. Um, Ron Howard uh, finished things off at the end of the day. He spoke about stuff, you know, Star Wars running in the line of uh, their family being involved with Lucasfilm for quite a while uh, after he directed Willow way back in the day. Bryce Dallas Howard, his daughter, has been directing episodes of uh, the live action Star Wars shows. And uh, then Ron Howard returning to Lucasfilm to direct Solo a couple years ago. Uh, you know, the, the and don't forget Ron Howard was one of the main characters, in American graffiti. Yeah. And him and George have been friends for years. So, you know, their ties with, with George and Lucasfilm go way back. Uh, so, you know, he's just the, the perfect kind of person to bring out as a surprise guest for people to hear from. And he's got so many interesting stories and, uh, it was great to cap the day off with a word from him. Uh, and I just wanted to mention that he was, he was a great guest to see. So, um, is there anything that uh, I missed that you want to go over? But because essentially that was that was a uh, celebration day two in a nutshell. It was. I definitely want to just give a highlight to anyone who maybe doesn't have the time to watch everything. I really highly suggest checking out checking out the a Clone Wars twenty year anniversary panel. That was I would say the best panel so far. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we're uh, we're obviously leaving out uh, a lot of minor things. Uh, so anyone interested in in seeing uh, the full extent of the day, you can find that on the Star Wars YouTube channel. Definitely check out that Attack of the Clones panel. Like Blake said, uh, a huge highlight for the day for sure. Number one. Other than that, definitely check out the Jedi Survivor trailer. Which uh, you know, if anyone who's a fan of that series probably already seen it by now, but. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was day two. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to all the, uh, all the events that are going to be transpiring over the weekend. I know there's going to be a panel featuring bad batch and, uh, we're going to get a whole panel on a new, um, animated series as well. Uh, starting, uh, I think that one's tomorrow called tales of the Jedi. Yeah. Looking forward to that Bad batches on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. So, um, anyone out there who hasn't been following our, uh, celebration log, uh, you know, join the discord, the links in the description and, uh, you know, we'll be posting updates as celebration happens throughout the weekend. You can catch all the, uh, the highlights and some pictures there and, uh, you won't miss a single thing. So yeah. Uh, any last minute things you want to bring up before we wrap up for the day? I'm just looking forward to a whole nother day of star Wars. This is as good as it gets. 
it's a lot of excitement. It is, man. And uh, that being said, I mean, uh, another week until the third part for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, all of you guys yeah. listening to the show, uh, we're stoked that you're tuning into us uh, over this very crazy Star Wars-centric uh, weekend. Uh, so, you know, stay it's like tuned. Christmas. It's like Christmas for Star Wars fans. Yeah, I mean, uh, dude, Star Wars month. Like, it, we go back to that May the 4th episode that we did, and, uh, you know, it's a Star Wars-centric month going on. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, it, it's <laughs> mind-boggling to live as a Star Wars fan uh, at this day and age, you know, with so much stuff coming our way. It's, it's, it's almost, like, too good to be true. So uh, looking forward to all the stuff for the rest of the weekend uh, and, uh, you know, all those lucky people down there. At celebration in person, which we were, we, which we were you. <laughs> uh, so enjoy it, and uh, we will. Uh, I guess we'll catch you, Blake, in the next celebration recap. Uh yeah. Till then, man. Till then. Keep flying. Keep flying. All right, and a quick reminder to all of you guys listening. It'd be absolutely fantastic if you were to share the show with a friend. Drop us those five stars. Leave us a great review. A quick note to anyone with a Samsung phone. We are now streaming on Samsung Podcasts. So you can subscribe to Star Wars Escape Pod once again throughout any podcasting app in the galaxy, which is absolutely the goal. And uh, if you haven't checked out our last day one celebration recap, definitely do that. You know, we covered so much stuff yesterday. If you want to get celebration day one in a nutshell, it's the perfect way to do it. We're going to be saving Obi-Wan Kenobi for next week. So look forward to a review on that. We're going to get the crew together and chat about the first two parts of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So spoiler warning for those. We're going to be chatting in depth about all the events that transpired in those first two, those first two parts. So until next time, I'm your host, Josh, and this has been another celebration recap on Star Wars Escape Pod. May the force be with you.